This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Crazy story developing in Dorchester, Ontario. There was a very strange fire that took place. And one of our listeners out there, Sonny, Metallica Sonny, is on the phone. This is near your place, Sonny? It's literally like four houses from my house. Okay. And do you know the guy who lives there? Uh, yeah, I've had a couple beers with him and uh, hung out with him. Because apparently he was tied to a tree in the backyard. Yeah. yeah, he was tied to a tree. The word is in the neighborhood. He was tied to the tree. People went into his house, ransacked it, and then set it on fire. That's the word. Oh, my God. Could you imagine being tied to a tree and watching your house get burned to the ground? There was no one in the house. Um, he, I think he has a wife and a couple of young girls, but yeah, right? Yeah, it, w- it would be much worse if you weren't sure if anyone else was in the house, but it would be exactly. terrible either way. Yeah. Well, uh, we still are waiting to find out if there was any connection between the assailants and the, the victim here, but... Well, uh, the word is on the street that he knew the people that uh, tied him up and took his stuff and murdered him. But the cops haven't confirmed that yet. We no, can't, no. We can't use your neighborhood rumor as fact at this point, Sonny, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you hear something like this, you almost hope that the, the people knew each other because you don't want to think that there's just uh, criminals out there randomly selecting people to tie to trees to watch their homes burn down. Exactly. Like, I live, like I said, like four houses from them. Yeah. So, you know, like, scares the shit out of me because, you know, we, yeah, yeah, man, that's just. You know him. Yeah. It's a terrible situation, and we're glad nobody was hurt or, or killed. Yeah. All right, I just thought if you guys have any to listen for your. No, all we know yeah. is what the cops are saying, dude. Uh, all right, thanks, Todd, man. Yeah, no problem. Thank you, Sonny. What. Are the police saying at this point, Jim? What's the official release say? Simply that uh, two armed men entered a home on that street, removed an occupant, tied him up to a tree outside in the backyard. Then the home was set on fire. Uh, And at this point, there is no word yet uh, from the police on suspects or a motive for the home invasion. Uh, Our listener, Sonny, did mention that he has a couple young daughters. Uh, He's um, divorced from his wife and she was staying with his wife. Thank God. The so daughter the, was with the wife, the not with daughters. the father. Yeah, so they weren't in the house or in the area at the time. So, thankfully, yeah. It's, That's the good news, but the bad news is a guy was tied to a tree and had to watch his house burn to the ground. It's wild. wild. It's out of a movie. Like, your pets could be in there, you know, all your memories. It's just, yeah, it seems so it, personal. Like, we don't torture, know what happened, right? but it's, it, does, it does seem incredibly personal. We'll keep you posted on that situation as it continues to develop. But yeah, wild story coming out of Dorchester, Ontario this morning. Is there a beef stewing between Doug Ford and Hamilton Mayor Fred Eisenberger? Uh-oh. Oh, 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 oh! Let's fan the flames of this one, Jim. Uh, It goes back to the press conference that the Premier had on Friday. Yeah, he was asked a question by a guy from Hamilton who I believe his name was Randy. And Randy said, hey, Doug, uh, the Hamilton police have handed out 369 different fines for drinking in public. Uh, since, 59. <laughs> <laughs> since coronavirus started. So since March, they've handed out 369 different liquor uh, effects. 59. <laughs> <laughs> public, public drinking uh, fines, which are 100 bucks each. 
And I uh, wanted to get Doug's thoughts on that, and uh, Doug responded. I don't agree at this point about ticketing. We, we passed that legislation, we left it up to the municipalities. If someone, you know, someone and their buddy wants to go have a beer out, out in the park and, and they're responsible, the problem I have is, when, when, as I've said in the past, a whole bunch of yahoos, a thousand people are getting out there going wild. That's a whole different scenario. But I, I can't agree with I, I can't agree with giving someone a ticket during COVID and they're stuck in an apartment. They want to be responsible. They stick to themselves. They're quiet, and and they have a cold beer. Like, give us a break. Just a little bit of a break. The people of Hamilton, I got to stick up for you here. Like, which I always do, by the way. But you know, give they got to be more flexible. Everyone needs a little bit of breathing space and. Go out there, and again, if you're responsible, and a few of you are sitting down there, and you want to have a little glass of wine or a can of beer, big deal. Who cares? Like, if you if you aren't rowdy, you know what, what's the difference, Randy? Between you know, uh, they're they're making it legal to go out and, and smoke a joint, a doobie, a, a reefer, whatever the heck they call it nowadays. Um, I, I wouldn't want my kids walking by with a bunch of guys smoking uh, cannabis or marijuana. But if a couple of guys are sitting there quietly on a picnic bench having a cold little beer, who cares? Like, honestly, uh, just it's no big deal. I, I, that's just my personal opinion. Hamil Hamilton, they'll do what they want, but I got to protect the people of Hamilton. <laughs> like it really struck a chord there with the old, <laughs> old Premier Doug. He could filibuster for hours on those topics, eh? That's his wheelhouse. I agree with him, man. I, I've been to Europe. I've been to places uh, around the world where it's okay to have a, a beer in the park. It's actually commonplace. Yeah. It's it, so amazing. You're buying a beer and walking down the street. That's why you need some beer binoculars. <laughs> what? Beer binoculars. You know, the fake binoculars. Oh, and you can drink out of them. Yeah. It's really a flask. You yeah. screw the eyepiece off and you can drink out of it. <laughs> yeah. Those or are there's classic. one. I don't know why this keeps popping up on my, uh, on my Facebook. The ads that are specifically targeted towards you, I keep getting the one that's a like a fake Mountain Dew can. A sleeve. That you slide over top of your your beer can. Those are those are great too. Seems like a good invention. Yeah, yeah. Good solution, but they don't come in tall boys. <laughs> so you have a half a beer hanging out the bottom of the Coca-Cola can? Has uh, Fred Eisenberger responded to this as well? Not that I've heard. Not that I've heard, but... Um... Somewhere in this article I was reading, his office did say, we're just following the laws. Okay. You know, it's, it's one of those things. Um, Maybe this is an issue that needs to be brought up at Hamilton uh, City Hall this week. Yeah, here, here is the exact quote here. To allow changes to the Liquor License Act would require the province allowing municipalities to update their public drinking bylaws. This is not something we are currently exploring. Typical answer. Well, Doug, put your money where your mouth is. If you think we should be able to drink beer... In the, in the park, Doug Ford has done more for beer drinking than any premier in my lifetime. Oh, yeah. We're drinking at 9 a.m. now. Yeah. You know, he's a buck of beer. He's a big fan of the buck of beer system. Yeah. There's going to be a bronze statue of him downtown Toronto with a twofer over his shoulder, for sure, <laughs> in, in 50 years. Doing a keg stand. <laughs> <laughs> outside to, outside yeah. uh, Nathan Phillips Square, yeah. there's going to be... And John A. McDonald is holding his feet and saluting him. <laughs> Again, if you're responsible and a few of you are sitting down there and you want to have a little glass of wine or a can of beer, 
big deal. You know, there's not enough songs written from the perspective of the leprechaun, are there? <laughs> they they want to get me gold on the ceiling. <laughs> I'm the leprechaun. I'm the leprechaun. Me gold's on the ceiling, and they want to get it. That's what that song's about, eh? I, I would assume so. Hmm. Why else is there gold on the ceiling? It seems like a very strange place to keep gold if you're not a leprechaun. Oh, you know rich people, though. Yeah, that's true. They keep it on their on their faucets, shower heads, oh, their yeah. toilets. Oh, yeah. And that's just Donald Trump. <laughs> I would assume that doing a number two in a gold toilet would look pretty weird. Have you ever gone to the washroom in a toilet that isn't white? A friend of mine, Shane, has a black toilet. Whoa, that's weird. I've like my grandma had like an off green, like a light green toilet. Uh huh. When we were growing up, but black—that I've never seen that before. Yeah. Well, what about the green? Like, if you do your business in the green and then you you check, everyone <laughs> always takes a quick peek, right, to oh, see yeah. what they made. You're a psycho if you don't. Um, did the, the green and the, well, brown and green go together pretty well. I thought it was a great combo, to be honest. When I was eight years old, I said, something's good about this. This may be tacky, but boy, does that turd look great in there. But the black and brown, it's just a strange contrast. And I don't know, the gold would be weird too. (laughs) (laughs) Why a black toilet? That's so bizarre. Well, it was trendy. It was modern, Hmm. modern bathroom when it was built, obviously. Huh. Imagine having a gold toilet, but then just getting like the dollar fifty uh, toilet brush from Dollarama <laughs> and the one ply, one ply one ply paper toilet paper. <laughs> Sorry, went over budget on the toilet. Yeah, we had to make some cuts somewhere. How do you think I afforded this thing? Not by buying four ply. Okay, kids, they want to get me gold in my toilet. <laughs> it's. Six minutes after six o'clock here, Monday, August the 17th, 2020. Uh, COVID-19, there was a spike in London, Ontario over the weekend. Uh, One day, 12 new cases in London, which had people very concerned. Uh, Majority of those cases were people under 19 years of age. Uh, Good news is the next day, zero new cases reported. So hopefully this was just an anomaly. But they are very concerned across the country about young people spreading COVID. And in British Columbia, one of the politicians there, the premier, John Horgan, he decided that he would ask for some help managing the problem. This is him at a press conference last week. This is a a call out to Deadpool right now. Uh, Ryan, we need your help up here. Uh, Get in touch with us. Uh, My number's uh, on the internet. Uh, Seth Rogen, another outstanding British Columbian. We need to communicate with people who aren't hearing us. The two of you alone could help us in that regard. There's a host of other options available, and we're working as hard as we can to enlist a number of prominent British Columbians and prominent Canadians to help get that message through to the demographic that clearly isn't hearing our message. So he asked uh, Ryan Reynolds and Seth Rogen to step up to the plate, help spread the word to the young people that COVID's still out there and you could be spreading it around. And you know Ryan Reynolds. He is a treasure. Of course, he was up to the challenge. Hey, uh, Premier Horgan, Ryan Reynolds here. I got your message about the thing. I'm not sure it's a great idea, frankly. Uh, People don't, I don't think they want medical advice from guys like me. You know, in young folks in BC, yeah, they're partying 
which is of course dangerous. Uh, and they probably don't know that thousands of young people aren't just getting sick from coronavirus. They're also dying from it too. And of course it's terrible that it affects our most vulnerable. My mom, you know, she doesn't want to be cooped up in her apartment all day. She wants to be out there cruising Kitsilano Beach looking for some young 30-something Abercrombie burnout to go full Mrs. Robinson on. She is insatiable. But here's the thing. Um, I hope that young people in BC don't kill my mom or let's not kill anyone. Everyone stay home so Ryan Reynolds' mom can get back to cruising for... Yeah. For some young meat. She's in her prime coog years. Don't take those away from her. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure Mama Reynolds really appreciated that. <laughs> I was thinking, is she still living in an apartment? But it is Vancouver, so the apartment probably costs three thousand, four thousand dollars a month. So Are you kidding me? Yeah. That's a deal. Yeah. That's if you have four roommates <laughs> in Vancouver. I'm I'm not too concerned about Ryan Reynolds' mom's living arrangements. Yeah, I'm sure she's doing all right. I, I bet she has a gold toilet, Jim. <laughs> Hopefully you had a, a decent weekend. I had a pretty fun weekend, but still, there was a, a cloud that was hanging over it, Jim. Yeah? What? The fact that I didn't win the, uh, the dream lottery for um, um, the million dollars or the, the home... <laughs> The big yeah, home. Yeah. Oh no, Taz! <laughs> they do these in in uh, multiple cities across the country. I know. There's the uh, the Toronto Dream Lottery. There's there's the one in London that I bought tickets for. Every time I buy a ticket, I'm convinced this is my year. Yeah, you say it's a bad weekend, but it could be worse. You could have thought you won the lottery, and then turns out you did not win the lottery. Because there's a guy in Winnipeg who went through uh, a situation here. He, he he gets his name called. His name's Mark Miller. And he's just sitting at home one day and uh, his friends and family start calling. They're like, Mark, they just, the Dream Lottery was just announced. They just put, put, Mark, they just said your name. You got to get a hold of them. And he's like, holy crap. And so he starts calling everybody. He starts calling the Dream Lottery. And he's like getting a hold of receptionists. He's like, hey, it's Mark Miller. I think I won the thing. And this whole ordeal lasts about six hours. He's trying to get his prize money. He's shaking. He says he can't hold anything. He's dropping his keys, dropping his phone while he's doing it. He's so Freaking excited. Freaking out. Oh, yeah. So Life-changing. Six hours later, he finally gets a hold of the authorities, the right people. He's waiting to get his money. And they're like, oh, turns out it's a Mark Miller with a different address. Sorry, not you. Just another guy in town named Mark Miller. Turns out Mark Miller, who was uh, all frantic, didn't even buy a ticket. He was so excited and so caught up in the moment, he forgot that he didn't actually buy a dream lottery ticket. <laughs> That's rule number one of every lottery. If you don't have a ticket, you yeah. cannot win. The, the dream lottery one, though, you'd be like, did my in-laws buy me one for Thanksgiving or like Christmas? Did I? Did somebody put my name on one? Did we do one at work? Guy with the same name. Yeah. <laughs> that would be worse. Especially if you had bought a ticket. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, for that brief moment, eh? Yeah. All your problems solved. Like, who? don't send any messages to anybody <laughs> telling them where to go. Yeah, do not divorce your wife. Hang on for a sec. Don't quit your job. No, don't tell your boss how you really feel. Until that money is actually in your bank account. <laughs> well, the guy in London, Ken McCann... He won the uh, the million dollar cash payout or one of the dream homes, and he's thinking about which option he's going to go with. He thought it was uh, he thought it was pretty surreal when he got the phone call, and they had a fifty fifty draw going as well. Carol, way to go, Carol! 
$600,000 in cash Ooh. plus. So Carol had a good weekend, too, and she says the same thing. Oh, my God, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Oh, wild. So much money. Yeah. See, that's a great weekend. I had an okay weekend. That's a great <laughs> weekend. Congratulations to them. And sorry about your luck to the other Mark Miller <laughs> in Winnipeg. <laughs> Didn't even buy a ticket. <laughs> How did you catch your significant other cheating? We've got some good ones here. Text messages from listeners. Jim, you go first. What do you got in front of you? I like this one, Taz, because we're involved here. Uh-oh. Hey, you guys actually helped me bust my husband cheating. I was using my phone and my husband's phone to call to win FM96's Win It All contest when one of his girlfriends sent him a text. To be fair, I was caller 96, so it would have been a good year to win since I suddenly had so much free time on my hands. <laughs> <laughs> if you're if you're new to the Taz and Jim show, if you're listening on Y108 in Hamilton, win it all is a contest we do where you win two tickets to every single concert at Budweiser Gardens, which is the big arena in London, Ontario. And people go crazy for this contest. So she was using her husband's phone and her phone mm-hmm. at the same time to increase her chances of winning. And one of his girlfriends? I How many did there end up being would be my question. I don't know. I don't know. But that, that, is, the, that is the sign, eh? If your husband won't let you use his phone? Red flag for sure. I, I'm not going to say definitely they're cheating if they don't want you using their phone. But a little suspicious. How much... How nervously was her husband eating his cornflakes in the morning while she was trying to win this contest <laughs> by the way oh dear don't swipe 11 he had 11 girlfriends <laughs> That's the text just no came in way 11 wow see how can that even be enjoyable that's too many i don't have 11 anything one is enough holy you got to keep track of 11 different women and try to try to keep them all secret. Good luck. Are you dating Gene Simmons? <laughs> Here's one, Jim. My ex didn't cheat, but I found out my best friend was sleeping with him after we broke up. I found out because my five-year-old son knew her license plate number and came home and told me he saw her car in his driveway. She had a personalized plate, so it was very easy to recognize. Ooh, busted by the five-year-old. What did the plate say? Home wrecker? <laughs> <laughs> and I really like this one. This would be this would be something. Hey Taz and Jim. Most awkward moment of my life. Went to a party at a couple's house. Clearly they were having issues, arguing with each other all night, drinking way too much. That wasn't helping the situation. So later in the night, all of a sudden, the music in the living room stops and we hear a phone ringing. Then we hear, hey, this is Steve. I can't come to the phone right now. The guy's wife had gone into the washroom to phone her side action, forgetting that her phone was hooked up to the Bluetooth speaker. Oh, my God. I was making eye contact with her husband as his heart broke. Needless to say, we left the party at the first opportunity. Oh, oh man. So she was clearly calling some guy named Steve. Is that what you're saying? Or what she, they're saying? Yeah. She was playing the music on the Bluetooth speaker off of her phone yeah. and decided at some point to go in the washroom and, and make a phone call to some guy she was seeing oh, on the side. No. 
I, I guess the only positive is that he didn't pick up. Imagine if there was a full conversation. Yeah, or even you couldn't. Or even if she left a message. Right. Oh. Oh God, that is so horrible. <laughs> Poor guy. Technology, isn't it great? Yeah, yeah, it has busted so many people. Let's talk hockey with Global News Radio's hockey expert, Mike Stubbs. Stubbs, good morning. Good morning. Let's start with Tuka Rask. Boston Bruins goalie has opted out of the bubble. Came as a surprise uh, shortly before the game was set to start on Saturday. Yeah, he's 33 years old. He has two young children. He has one on the way. And he had said something earlier. He'd said something on Thursday that kind of made you think, hmm, he talked about the hub and he talked about playing in these games, saying, hey, I love playoff hockey. I love going to other cities and them coming here and the fans. And he says, this feels like exhibition. It feels dull at times. So all of a sudden you knew that he wasn't having as much fun as some of the other players seemed to be having. And then he made the decision and said there are things that are more important than hockey. And he has the full support of his team, but boy, he's, he's been taking some heat, Taz. I bet. I mean, Boston sports fans, uh, they love they love you when you're winning, but when you're giving up, they're not so gracious. No, we'll take it win or tie, and that's kind of the way they've always been. And, yeah, they're not too pleased about this, but, you know, what we have to do, we have to go back a couple of months and think about it this way. Remember when the NHL and the NBA were describing playing, and they were saying, yeah, we're going to go to this one city, and we're going to put people in it, and it's going to be a hub or a bubble, and no one's going to leave, and you're not going to see anybody but your teammates and the people that you're around. And didn't we all kind of scratch our heads and say, is that even going to work? Sounds like I mean, prison. This is the strangest <laughs> thing I've ever heard. What They're going to do what? And now that it's been going for a few weeks, it, it just seems natural, just like anything else. Okay, you know, so you don't, think there's, you don't think there's any connection between uh, Rask's comments uh, about uh, this is like an exhibition game and him leaving. You don't think that maybe it was suggested if you don't like it, maybe you leave. Well, I mean, we don't know what goes on behind the scenes, but he's been thinking about retiring for a while, so he's kind of teetering. Remember, there were seven NHL players who, even before this started, Travis Hamanick was one in Calgary, Sven Berchi in Vancouver, who decided they weren't coming at all for their own reasons, and yeah. usually they were family reasons. So Rask gave it the old Boston try and then has decided, you know what, this I'm not, I'm not doing this. He's he's either missing his family, his wife's pregnant, he's got other concerns. He's 33 years old. He has a Getting Stanley Cup ring. So <laughs> Imagine retiring at 33. I know. I'll well, tell you something. NHL. I'll tell you something. If he retires at 33 and he's stuck at home with his family, he's going to be wanting to get back into the bubble. <laughs> he's going to be showing up at midnight. Guys, can you let me back in? <laughs> I made a mistake! <laughs> in about six months. Thank you very much for checking out the Taz and Jim podcast. If you want to listen to us the old-fashioned way, live on the radio, you can do that on FM 96 in London or Y108 in Hamilton weekday mornings from 530 until 9.30. Or subscribe, keep downloading the podcasts, and we'll keep talking.